Good morning. It's time to talk about Sack City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped. The best thing for your sack since sliced? Well, sacks. Keep your sack smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for those bushy sacks. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for those smelly sacks. And take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over 6 million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your sack saver now and show your sack the love it deserves. Manscaped. Got Bush? Sack City, welcome into another edition of the Sack City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron the Mukes. I am Mukes. And below us, we have your boy, my boy, and everybody's boy. He is AJ Johnson. It is a beautiful August 19th morning here in the city. Episode 70 is about to kick off. We are breaking down two AFC South rivals in the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts today. We've also got a breakdown of last night's Thursday night football matchup between the Bears and the Seahawks. Of course, morning headlines and Aaron's injury report. So much to get into. But first, gentlemen, I want to get into the morning headlines. I just want to get it over with. For the last time... It's done. It's over. The Deshaun Watson news has finally, hopefully, come to a close. Deshaun Watson has officially been suspended 11 games and fined $5 million after his allegations. That all You guys already know the story. You guys already know what happened. He is now suspended 11 games. He will return now week 13 against his former team in the Houston Texans. He will be eligible to return to the facilities October 10th and then be able to return to practice November 14th. All of this being said, the NFL plans to use the full fine money, as well as $1 million from the the Browns and $1 million from the NFL, to invest in organizations that prevent sexual misconduct and sexual assault. The biggest thing here, obviously, you must commit to a mandatory evaluation and treatment, and if he does not pass those tests, he will not be let back into the NFL. Um, But... With this, I just wanted to say one thing. What? Test. Test. He has to go through. He has to go through all like his evaluations and mandatory treatments and things like that to be allowed it's not back into. Test. It's like he just has to go. What are they testing him on? How well, not I don't to think, I don't think you're right. It's, I don't think it's. it's I don't terrible. think it's. I don't think it's like a test test. Like not like multiple he choice. To, he has to. Of, he has to meet all the requirements. Yeah. of Being doing all that therapy. Yeah, correct. Yeah, okay, but I was confused by that. Legit, legit. The, the the biggest thing here with this though, and I'm I'm gonna be honest. I wanted to bring it up that we talk about how the NFL is just it, it's not a dumb league, and they always have a plan. They always have things that they do, and it just always works out their their way. It's very fitting that Deshaun Watson's new suspension is now. 11 games and brings them right back to play the Houston Texans in week 13 as his return game. That just seems very odd to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I, I, I thought 11 games was weird. And then that, that came through, but I was like, is that just a way of saying like 10 games in that norm that we have, you know, the six, the four game, the six game, the eight game, the 10 game. We don't want that. We want everyone to know it's a little more serious than that. We're going to do 11 games. Like I thought the number was weird, but I, I like the fact that they were just like, let's meet in the middle. I'm not going to do the whole year. This is going to take forever. If we do that, you clearly want more than six. 
if you won't settle on eight, let's just meet in the middle, get it over with so I can go on with my life. I like that. I think it allows us all to do that and we can move forward. Like, yeah, cool. Everyone can now, everyone can now move on from this, but Aaron, I know you didn't really want to talk about the suspension itself and you're very excited for this to be over with, but something that you brought up this past week, you actually made a short for it. And if you missed the short, go check it out on our YouTube page. Now you brought up the jets trading for Sean Watson or not Sean Watson, the jets trading for Jimmy Garoppolo with the injury of Zach Wilson. Um, there were rumors and reports that saying the Cleveland Browns might be interested in trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, depending on the Deshaun Watson news. Now it's out. If you're the Cleveland Browns, are you trading for Jimmy Garoppolo? No, uh, I think it's different. I think it's different if you're the Jets than if you're the Cleveland Browns. You already went out and signed Jacoby Brissett. Um, you've already allocated a number of resources to trade for Deshaun Watson. I don't really think you want to give up more assets get a Jimmy Garoppolo who's really going to be a fill-in for 11 games because there's no chance in hell he's going to start once John Watson's back on any level, regardless of how well he's playing. So I think there's different circumstances here. Uh, the Jets, I could say, yeah, they can give away some assets because they've had so many already. They've already drafted first-round picks, got an early second-rounder on a Brees Hall, whereas the Browns are giving away pieces to get, those, get the guy that they wanted. So um, if I'm Cleveland, I just stay put. But listen, Jacoby Brissett is capable of winning a few games. Um, they're probably not going to go to the Super Bowl, regardless of whether Deshaun Watson was there all year or not, because regardless of how good we think he is, he still hasn't played football in a really long time. And it's in the AFC against some really good teams. So it was going to take him some time to get acclimated. I didn't think they were going to go straight from where they were to automatic Super Bowl contenders. It, this is more about the future and what they could be going forward. Um, and, and then you mentioned the 11 games. It is just 11 games. There's no doubt in my mind that the NFL – Game 11 game so he can come back again. Zero doubt in my mind. Zero. It, it just seems fit. It just, it's we just talk stupid. About it, I don't, I didn't want to talk about it, but it is stupid. They should have just made this 11 games to start. What's the whole point of going to an arbitrator? Six games. Oh, then we're going to want more, but we want a whole season. Then 11. Like it, this, it was it, a total NFL move to gain traction. And then you donate all of your, all of the fines to some proceed now to say that, hey, we're standing behind. You know, women's rights and not abusive and domestic and whatever it is they do. I'm not saying the NFL is bad for donating that money, but not to me, it's not in good faith. To me, it's not for the right reasons. Uh, this is the NFL taking advantage of a situation again to be the person that's kind of saving the day. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm not buying it for one minute. I don't think they particularly care. I think they're more interested in getting Deshaun Watson back on the field to play football so their ratings will eventually go back up. To where they were when he was playing football before. Not saying they're down, but you know, obviously, people want to watch. I mean that that game might be. It's weird to say a game featuring the Houston Texans and the Cleveland Browns might be the most watched game of the season. But that may end up being the most watched game of the season, just because. And like we say, the NFL is not stupid. They have it's it's very hard to not believe that this is what was play like. It ain't hard. It's easy. It's easy. I don't believe it. I don't care what anybody wants to say. I don't believe it. It's I don't believe it. The NFL does this, and they do it a very good job of it. They're the best in the industry. I don't yeah. believe it. What week do they play? The week thirteen. Week 13. Yeah, so it's uh, eleven games. The week nine by, and then uh, he's back on week thirteen to play yeah. the Texans. Just to get that last bit of that playoff push for the Cleveland Browns too. That's that's what. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. But I now know, we're. I'm glad won't be, they won't. They won't be. Well, we'll talk about that when we preview the Cleveland Browns. That's going to be a juicy show. Um, but that, but that does it for the Deshaun Watson talk. We are we're done. It's over with. We've got our answers. We are all now able to move on. Uh, there is one other morning headline that I did want to bring up. It is sad. It's on the more sad side. Uh, brother of Dawson Knox, Luke Knox, has passed away at the age of 22. The cause of death was not given. Luke played linebacker and tight end at Ole Miss before recently transferring to FIU. Um, the football community has already donated over $88,000 to Dawson Knox's chari- charity, Punt Pediatric Cancer. Uh, we are just very saddened to hear about the loss of Luke Knox, the brother of Dawson Knox, who plays tight end for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and it's just it's just really sad, man. And uh, once again, we, we don't like bringing up these stories on the show, but we have to and – 
we just want to remind everybody just to cherish those moments with the ones you have and just keep them close and uh, cherish every moment. So uh, our thoughts and prayers are out to the Knox family uh, and everyone that friends, family, loved ones uh, within that circle. Um, we're here for you. All right. Now to the Bears and the Seattle Seahawks. Their Thursday night game, the recap of that, the Bears defeated the Seahawks 27-11. to This game here, we talked about it in our preview show. It was going to be a lot with Geno. A lot had to do with Geno Smith in this game. And I don't know about you guys, but to me, it just never looked like Geno Smith had a rhythm with this offense through his time uh, playing against the Bears defense. It just never seemed like they were on the same page. And we talked about it on our show. I think it opened up the door for Drew Locke to come in and be the hero and win the starting job uh, for week one. Aaron, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, so I didn't get to watch much of this one, but when I got back to work, I turned on the first quarter and a little bit into the second quarter just to catch, just to rewatch it and see what happened. Um, wasn't a big fan of what Geno Smith did. Didn't stand out particularly well. The the only thing I'll say is I'm I'm kind of getting fed up. I guess I guess at this point I know we're previewing the preseason and stuff, but these teams that just aren't playing anybody in the preseason, it's killing the product. It's killing these opportunities that guys do have. I'm sorry. How can you really evaluate Geno Smith without DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett? Like. You want to evaluate a guy with fourth stringers? Like, I, I get it, but like, he's supposed to elevate them. But are you really giving your players the best opportunities to succeed? And I think this is a problem in the NFL uh, with the preseason. Like, we have got to either eliminate the preseason, and unfortunately for those players that are trying to fight to make rosters, you got to do it in practice, or let's let's give these guys some game action. And I, I just, I, I just, it's, it's boring. And it's not only boring, but then I don't get to see what I want to see from Geno Smith because I don't care what kind of connection Geno Smith has with the practice squad because they probably don't have a good one. But Geno Smith, if you're taking first team reps in practice, who are you throwing the ball to? You're throwing it to DK Metcalf. So, and then you expect him to be in rhythm with other guys. Like I don't, I'm not a fan of this style of play that we're seeing in preseason week two. Now, Justin Fields, five of seven plays a little bit. Geno Smith plays, but nobody on his offense plays. He can't. Kenneth Walker's out. He has no running backs there. He has no receivers, no weapons. And yet we're going to evaluate him as whether he's our starting quarterback or not. And this is not to defend Geno Smith because he didn't play well. And yes, probably does give a direct line to Drew Locke becoming the starter. But guess what? Put Drew Locke out there and and, and you might be in the same situation if Chicago has a few starters on you. So I just, I don't like the way this is trending. Guys have got to play. I'm not saying they have to play the entire game, but if you're evaluating positions on teams like the Seattle Seahawks that are so young and evaluating that quarterback position, you have to give him the pieces to see. And if not, then what the hell is the point? You know what I thought while watching this game, Aaron? Like you literally popped up in my head and I thought summer league basketball was what I was watching. Like, it was just sloppy. It was boring. I'll say this. It made it a little easier for me to focus on the work I was trying to get done quickly because, like, there was nothing to watch. Like, my head did turn up because at one point in time in the game, they did put Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf on the field. But I don't know if it was even for more than a play or two uh, with Geno Smith. And it was like, oh, breaking news, they're going to play. And then I I don't think I ever saw them again. Um, I'm with you. I, I think that's something you guys said the other day too might be real. And these coaches may be trying to be like, screw the preseason. We're going to do this every year until you decide it's we're taking it away. You know, it, it, it wasn't great to watch. Um, and, and I'm with you. I think, <laughs> I think Drew Locke caught a big break. I was talking about the break about it being, you know, 10 days before he has to play again, but now Geno Smith went in there and there was nothing inspiring despite who he had. Uh, now Drew Locke gets to go in there probably for about three quarters, which Geno Smith didn't even get to play like they said he would, probably for at least the first half with the ones and have every opportunity to be this uh, starter, which kind of leads back to what we were talking about with the trade, that maybe they just want Drew Locke to be the starter. And I'm not saying they fabricated COVID or anything, but it's looking like he's getting the best opportunity either way. So uh, I'm hoping that Geno Smith also gets some run next week um, with the ones so they can really actually evaluate this because if you're just going to do it in practice behind closed doors anyways what's the hell the point 
are, are we sure the ones are going to play next week? Like, I mean, and I, I don't, I don't buy DK Metcalf. And you may, you watched more of the game than I did. I'm sure yeah. he, they did get in the game, but DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett had zero targets. Yeah, they weren't they, playing. Like, football. I looked, they, there's nothing on the receiving. <laughs> they, yeah, they weren't playing football. So yeah. whatever they were doing in the game, it was for show or something. They were in there on run play. I don't know. They weren't playing football, and I, I'm. If you're not going to play week two, what makes me think you're going to play week three? Like, we only got three of them. And if the NFL eliminates the preseason, then all they're going to do is start complaining because guess what's going to happen week one when half the NFL roster die because they haven't played football. That's the way football works. If you don't play it and you start getting hit, you hurt. Your body breaks down. So, and they don't hit practice. It's just, it's, I, I don't care that the product is not good because there's backups in like, I get it. You're not getting the elite level talent. The product is going to suffer. But these teams, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more stressing the teams like the Bears and the Seahawks. These guys, are they, they have battles going on for positions. And the guys that are battling rely on those other guys to help them. It's a team, man, team sport. And it's like telling a running back, hey, you're fighting for your job here. We're starting all of our practice squad lines and telling him to go earn the starting job. You're like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm not going to be running behind these guys. Like, I need help. This is a team sport. And these teams are not giving it to these players. And I, it's, it's frustrating. Quarterback controversies, teams that are battling, they should be putting their guys out there so they can see who the best guy for the job is. That is not happening right now. Poor Geno yeah. Smith. Poor <laughs> Geno Smith. I feel I I do feel like Geno Smith is the bet is the better option for the Seattle Seahawks here, and I think you're right. It, it it's been not a fair shot, at least in these games, um, to see what he could actually do. And now Drew Locke will probably if I I mean if you're Seattle next week, you put both of them. You put Drew Locke in for a half. You put Geno Smith in for a half, and then but then you have to concern yourself with who they're throwing to it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how the how you how you solve this. You're Seattle. You start Drew Lock the entire game. I'm dead okay. serious about this. I think back to the days, and I know again. I always make reference to Cowboys because I've watched it so closely. I think back to the days when uh, Drew Bledsoe was with the Dallas Cowboys and Tony Romo was on the roster, and Bill Parcells told him before the Seattle preseason game, he said, "Taking every snap." Not doesn't happen in the NFL. He said, you're taking every snap in this game. And that was the minute he knew Tony Romo was going to be his next quarterback because he played with the ones, he played with the twos, he played with the threes, and he played with the fours and fives or whatever. He was able to evaluate him with the talent that was on the field and said, I see something in this quarterback. And we can all argue about what Tony Romo was or wasn't, but he was a starter in this league for a very long time with a lot of records, a lot of numbers. And that, to me, that is what you want from the guy you're trying to determine if you, if that's your guy. So if you're Drew Locke and you said, okay, I've seen Gino. He's been a veteran in this league. Drew Locke is the younger player. You're going to go out and play with the ones, the twos, the threes, and the fours. Earn the job. And if you don't get it done or you don't show me that you have that promise, then I can always fall back to Gino because I know what that guy is. I've seen him in the league for eight, nine years. Yeah. That's a fair point. Yep. The, the Seahawks did lose their starting left guard who was carted off uh, the field with a leg injury. Damian Lewis it was a very awkward play. I'm not sure if you guys caught it, but it was just like, it was two players colliding, but they get it. They more like tangled up and the bears yeah. player got up and he was fine. And then uh, Damian Lewis was carted off. And at first I got a little scared. I thought it was Charles cross. I was like, cause Charles too. cross is 68 and Damian Lewis is 67 or maybe vice versa. And I saw it. I was like, Oh shit. Is that Charles Cross? And this is the reason why you know, they don't play starters that much. But then I did see it was Damian Lewis. And still, that's a big piece of their offensive line. So um, we'll update everybody on the news as we get that uh, as well on our social media pages. Aaron, what is the rest of the injury updates in the NFL? <laughs> we need to go back. We need to go back. We need to go back. To be fair to Bears, we were recapping the Seahawks at the Bears, and we said nothing <laughs> about the Bears. <laughs> There's we absolutely to, said nothing, nothing about the Bears. To talk about no, I, the Bears. I get it, but we got to show Bears fans some love. So I will show the Bears fans some love really quickly. The Bears are two and zero. Oh. The Bears are two and zero, oh, man. You guys should be proud to be two and zero. Oh. Justin Fields looked good, five and seven. He came in, got out, but he's longer. 
and Nathan Peterman, man, he's killing the league doing his thing. But the big thing is they're two and out. Nobody played again. I, I talked about it. I don't understand it. They have so many positions of need, so many they, position battles, and nobody's on the field. Nobody. It, mm-hmm. If if we're re- if we're really getting into the Bears here, I'm I, if I'm the Bears, I'm sure I'm happy that they're two and zero in preseason, but that offensive line is going to get Justin Fields killed. That offensive line is going to get just, and this is preseason that this but is nothing to Justin. But we Fields. know that. But but we know that um, Justin Fields is going to be running it for his life. Um, that was always going to be because he came into a situation that had no plan for the offensive line, and and then when they go and get get guys like. Um, Years ago, uh, alignment Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, Uh, Tevin Jenkins, Tevin Tevin Jenkins, Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins, and he hasn't looked good at all like since he's been there. So, um, they they're going to struggle. Justin Fields is the right guy to be behind that line, though. If it's going to be anybody, you have a statue, they're dead. If you have Justin Fields, at least there was some NFC, NFC North hate near the end of the game, they were talking about how. The Chicago Bears are 2-0, and and Dan Orlovsky was on the broadcast, and he's like, you know, that 0-16 Detroit Lions team I was on, we were 4-0 in the preseason, and we looked good. <laughs> but they went 0-16. And you're basically saying this team in the preseason, enjoy it, be proud. It's going to be a Bears tough, tough 17 weeks. Bears are going to be Tough 17 weeks. All right, now, Vinny, we can get into the injury report. I'll go through it really quickly. Um Excuse me, Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell told reporters Irv Smith underwent some, uh, thumb surgery, so but he is supposed to be back um, to play week one. So we're all excited about that. I know you guys have been excited about this sort of Vikings offense and maybe some changes. One of the big changes that we didn't see last year, obviously, was having Irv Smith there. He'll be there now. Um, I think that does help that offense maybe even grow just a little bit more than we already had. Tristan Wirth, um, another offensive lineman for the Buccaneers. Uh, more trouble. Strained oblique in Thursday's practice. We don't know how long he's on the sideline, but um, he also just came back from an ankle injury or ankle surgery. Uh, so there's obviously some trouble there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. And then Tyler Linderbaum is expected to return to practice. We had talked about the issues going on with him. Harbaugh said he's expected to return. Uh, the foot injury, there was some questions whether it was Liz Frank, but Dr. Harbaugh said it was not part of the Liz Frank injury. We all know he knows best. So yeah, that was some of the some of the injuries that took place on this beautiful Friday morning. I'm sure, there'll be plenty more by the time the weekend's over and week two of preseason ends. But good start, not too much. It's good. It's good. It's a good way to start the weekend with with not a lot of injuries. AJ, load up those golden pipes and tell the beautiful people where they can follow us at. I probably should have drank some more water before I said good morning, everybody. Welcome in to Sack City Pod on all of your favorite Facebook and Twitters. <laughs> Check us out on all your favorite social medias like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Sack City Pod. You know what to do when you get there. You hit that like, you hit that follow, you smash that subscribe button. You don't think twice about it because now you get notified about the best content for the NFL on the interweb. So make sure you know, head it over actually pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, and you told somebody and everybody all about it. Your boys are back in town. I don't know what's up with your audio when, when you be doing these social media. It, it's StreamYard. It, uh, I, I'm okay. trying to, like, if I don't mess with, like, if I don't mess with it, it ends up bad. Does mine do that? It, it doesn't. It's Thank the you. Time. It ain't Jimmy Yard. It's Y'all, the time man. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. And anyways, the Sex City Podcast is now supported by Manscaped. That's right. Who is the best men's below the waist grooming products, precision engineered tools for those family jewels? Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million worldwide. Trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer 20% off plus free worldwide shipping. All you have to do is type in that promo code Sex City. And if my math is correct, about 12 million balls. How many balls, Vinny? That's so many balls. It's too many to count. I can't count that so high. So many balls. So many balls. The Performance Pack 4.0 is a game changer. You find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer to get all those old man hairs that are up in that nose, uh, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to make sure you smell and smell fresh, and you can tone them up with that Crop Reviver Toner, and then you get a pair of boxer briefs and a newspaper, and you can put it all in your travel bag to boot. So head over to manscaped.com, get 20 off free shipping with the code that city 
That's right, manscaped.com. Promo code SACCITY, 20% off and free shipping. Unlock your confidence today and always use the right tools for those. I want to talk more about their the lawnmower 4.0 and and the the no the nose hair trimmer and they're all great but these accessories got me going man it's not just the newspaper the other day i i was organizer we're packing we're getting ready for our move and i pack it up all my manscape stuff in that nice little bag and i'm like you know this bag was like it's practically free like at the like with the price you're paying for everything it's like that's practically free and you're looking at it and it's like man this is a sweet ass bag like it's like it's like leather it's like nice like it's like it quality like, you, pay, you pay like 80 bucks just for that bag alone if like you were to go into the store and try and get that so manscaped i use it all the time when i travel i use it for things the manscaper but i also throw some other things in there uh there were skittles a, in there it's a very <laughs> good bag it is a very very good bag um can't beat it man Yep. Get your Manscaped products today. And again, use that promo code Sac City to save 20% off. Let's get into our season previews for the Indianapolis Colts on offense. The, the, the headline is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is here to hopefully save the day. No more turd Carson Wentz. You bring in Matty Ice to be the quarterback. You got Michael Pittman Jr. there, Jonathan Taylor. There's a lot of players that are studs on that offense. But Aaron, what is the biggest X factor on this offense? That's my shock some people. I think it's easy when you talk about X factor. This offense runs through Jonathan Taylor. We all know that. I don't think it's Jonathan Taylor. As a matter of fact, I talked about a little bit of a regression coming from Jonathan Taylor from a production standpoint, obviously not a talent. Naeem Hines. I am so excited about Naeem Hines and what he's going to bring to this offense this season. We've talked about this before. The type of back like that, I've always been like shying away from him in fantasy. For whatever reason, I think Matt Ryan coming over here is going to unlock the potential of a Naheem Hines. We've seen it in flash. We've seen times where those two touchdown games, and we look at him and we're like, that he can do this more often. His career high of seven touchdowns back in 2020, we saw a little bit more of it. He is a dual threat guy that you can give the ball to and turn around and hand it to him, but then also out of the backfield catching the ball. I think Matt Ryan kind of uses him the way he used Devontae Freeman. He first came into the league when it was Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman. I can see Naheem Hines being used that way. And if they can get production from that secondary running back position out of the backfield, you already have a stud in Michael Pittman, and obviously Jonathan Taylor is a dude. I think this Colts offense elevates, goes to the next level, and with one of the better defenses in football and creating turnovers, they could be right there in the AFC. We talked about the talent on the team. They could be right there in the AFC playoff picture where somebody we're looking at like, yeah, all it was was Carson. Do you think we could see the Colts offense be on that same level? Because, I mean, we've talked about it so many times with like what all the offenses in the AFC West, and then you got the Bills off it. Like, do you think by season's end, we could be talking about the Colts offense right at the same level as those high-powered fast-paced, crazy offenses? I think it's tough because of the style in which I do think they're going to play. Now, I know there's been talk in camp about beating it up, uh, things like that, but that's not always easy as to do during the regular season. So they're not going to be able to be the, the Bucks, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, um, last year's like Dallas Cowboys who had a, a pretty high offense, a pretty high octane offense. But I do think they can be better than they were last year. So, I mean, last year they averaged, I believe, it was like 27 points a game. Maybe they get up to 28, um, which will be still in the top 10, top 12 in the NFL because they're efficient. They're really good at running the football. They're a really good red zone team because they run the football, which means they score touchdowns and not field goals. And th that usually helps your point production. But as far as like explosiveness, where they look the part, I don't think they're going to look like that. I don't think you're going to look at them and be like, oh man, there's weapons everywhere. <laughs> they have good weapons, but you're not gonna, it's not gonna jump off of the screen like it does the Chargers. Not a lot of flash. And I think one of the things yeah. that could separate them from some of those teams, at least maybe, maybe not all of the teams, but I do like what the Colts have on the defense side of the ball, especially with this new Gus Bradley led defense. AJ, what player or oh, that's not the right team. Sorry about that. Gus Bradley, the new era. How good can this this Colts defense be? under Gus Bradley 
Well, the best part is they're taking an already talented defense and just kind of simplifying the game. You know, Gus Bradley coming in and bringing his scheme isn't to make things new and and reinvent the wheel. It's just to find a different point of attack. And I think a lot of that this season is going to start from the front level and work its way back. I think you're going to see him lean on guys like DeForest Buckner, who had seven sacks last year, but also is just very solid in getting to the quarterback and stopping the run. Guys like Quiddy Pay, who was pretty decent last year as a rookie. Uh, guys like uh, uh, what's it, Bobby Okereke is the way to say it, not the right way, uh, to become that strong side rusher. So if they can get that point of attack from front and get those guys to really start getting after the quarterback and allow to get that penetration from the four guys up front, that leaves so much space for these already solid linebackers to operate and just make a play on the ball. Uh, and I think that's where Gus Bradley's got to keep his focus and allow that front to be the point of attack, that middle makes the play on the ball, and they got some solid corners, solid secondary that can just kind of play some match football and uh, and lock their guys down as best as they can. And if they're getting the quarterback, you're going to see this defense pick up right where they left off. Why? Okay. Oh. Okay. Why dare I? First of all, you're going to go start listing players on the defense. You don't begin with Grover Stewart, which is from right here. Thank you. Sorry, that was the name I was trying to think of. I said Bobby. Albany State, shout out, 229, baby. Grover Stewart did a story on him. Love the man. Hey, if you're not starting with that, you made a mistake. So shame on you. <laughs> I'm going to throw, throw out my, my draft special, talk about him in the draft process. Nick Cross, he's slated to start. That is a huge pickup for them. He's very versatile. Bringing guys like Stephon Gilmore. Uh, who we know has been an all-pro defensive player uh, for many years. It's That defense is <laughs> they don't Again, they do have names, but they, their Colts just aren't a team that really jump out at you. They're not doing yeah. it with flash, but they're productive. They will be there, and if they get good quarterback play, which we all think they will from a Matt Ryan, who's everything in this league. He might not be the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's a very, very good quarterback. Um, I think they will be right there in the end. Shout out, Grover. Shout out to Grove. Shout out to Grove. Uh, Grove. I I really think, and I, I've always loved Yannick Ngakwe. I think he has a big year for the Indianapolis Colts being reunited with Gus Bradley. I feel like he's obviously bounced around. He was with the Jags and the Raiders and the Ravens. He's been bouncing around a lot. I think he's going to feel most comfortable here in Indianapolis. I've been seeing interviews with him, and he just seems like a different type of player and a different type of mindset with the Colts, with Gus Bradley. And I think he's going to be double-digit sacks this year for Yannick Ngakwe for the Colts. That's what I'm predicting from it because he's, he's got the talent to do it. I think he's getting comfortable, and he'll he'll be there for a while in Indianapolis and, uh, and Gus Bradley be a difference maker. He does. He, he does. And that's that's the thing. I think that that with that, the skill – the talent, he's good. Vinny think, Vinny's like, ah, I'm going out on a limb, double-digit sack. No, it's not. not <laughs> he's like done it twice out. in his career already. And, and But that's the thing. No one, like, I feel like he's, he's like, underrated in a way because he's well, been bouncing. because he switched teams because that's of his what I'm contract saying. stuff. Like, his contract was so poorly done by these teams that it caused him to keep moving teams. And, and then, you know, you don't fit in. You want out of somewhere once, then you get this reputation of, being a certain type of guy, and then it just never really feels like a good situation, to your point, uh, that this could maybe hopefully be home for him for a while yeah. Uh, yeah. because the talent is yeah. very talented. Aaron, what are you watching for this season when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah, I'm looking for somebody to step up on the other side of Michael Pittman. We, we, we often talk about having another guy, and it doesn't have to be somebody great, but just somebody that – actually produced i know aj loves alec pierce he's made some nice plays in camp uh and you love the cincinnati guys it's okay he's made some nice plays in camp he looks okay he doesn't look special to me still but i think he's made some some okay plays paris campbell's been a guy that hasn't really been able to stay on the field and then you get to those guys behind them as been had ashton doolin and kiki kuti so they 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 don't have much depth at the wide receiver this was one of the things we talked about uh, why not go out and try to bring back Why Hill? Why not, you know, go get somebody else in free agency? And maybe they do. Maybe there's Julio! still some guys out there that could come and, and make an impact. But as of right now, that wide receiver position is really thin in the Colts uh, locker room. And if they don't get something to help that, they, they could be in trouble. Because if I'm a defense, it's Jonathan Taylor, number one, and it's Michael Pittman, number two. 
And if you can stop that, even as good as I think Naheem Hines would be as a versatile piece, you're going to stop the Colts. And I know that's easier said than done, but it still gives a direct game plan for defenses to, to actually go and approach the, the week. So I uh, look for somebody else to step up on the how dare you? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you're absolutely right on the part of uh, I do like Alec Pierce. Uh, now, not as much as you jumped in there. It's like, AJ loves Alec Pierce. Like, I, I said that he was talented, and I think he's going to he play for great. Cincinnati. And he played for Cincinnati. So then you love, uh, you love all of but him. with all those, all, all of that aside, uh, he has been cooking in camp, though. Like, it has been, and it, it has been highlight after highlight of him either mossing somebody down deep or getting off the line on somebody leaving him in the dust there's a lot of great conversation about alec pierce and i do think he'll is this be like the, the khalil is this like on. the khalil shakir highlight no, tape that you wanted so bad but that's wrong, wrong. but but that's wrong been. though that that's that's also wrong alec I pierce don't. struggled at the start of camp I oh, struggled okay so camp. let's let's leave day one and two and let's think about three through 14 he's been <laughs> cooking fools <laughs> you literally watch- this guy watches him on the pat mcafee show once and thinks he's oh this is guys this dog I mean, this guy's a dog. mcafee show uh anyways the funny part was i was about to stop there by the way until y'all jumped in because i had one other name and you're also going to hate me and then you're going to hate me this one aaron because it's a tight end because now that Alec Ogletree is out, the guy that I've been talking about, Jelani Woods, I think is going to have a direct line into being a solid, solid player and a solid target for Matt Ryan this season. So I do think they're going to have some pass catchers. You can look like that all you want. Jelani Woods came on very strong at the end of his college career last year. And I think six, eight, he's a new gargantuan. He's a new, he's a new gargantuan. Not, not, not only did he bring up a tight end, but he brought up a tight end too. He brought up the backup tight end. Yeah. Oh, Ali Cox is still uh, there. Uh, That's fine. Uh, I'm confused. Who did you say they, they don't have? Alec Ogletree. He tore his ACL. Well, that's so, not the right person either. <laughs> what? Like, what, what does that have to do with Jelani Woods? Is it Alec Ogletree? Yes. What does that have to do with Jelani Woods? I mean, it's another person out of the way for him to step into. Alec Ogletree is a defensive player, AJ. What are you talking about? You're killing me, Smalls. Alec Ogletree is a linebacker. First of all, let me clear this all this shit up. You can't come on here trying to come at me when you don't even got your facts straight. Look, look at the so the the answer we're looking for, folks, is Drew Ogletree. First of all, first of all, let me let's reel this back in. Even with Drew Ogletree or whoever it is you are actually talking about being out, Jelani Woods is still right now listed as third on the depth chart. You, I'm not saying he can't be good, but don't come in here talking about no third string tight end and Alex Pierce cooking. We don't even have your facts straight. What site are you on, man? Oh no, that, <laughs> that, that was that was a bottom ticker at or, eleven or, a.m. Let me ask you this question differently. What yeah. the hell are you on, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, no. I'm not. I'm not. I actually like Jelani Woods, but the fact you're throwing out two rookies to me is exactly what I'm talking about. Like we have to hope these guys come in and be something. And I and all I mentioned was. Somebody has to step up, and yeah. it could be Alec Pierce. But is Alec Pierce going to give D.Y. Hilton? I don't know. I don't know. I hope, but I don't know. It's the next Jordy Nelson. I will double down on that, though. With the, Alec Pierce has had a good camp as of late against the, when the in this joint practice against the Lions. He struggled against the Bills when he was locked up against Kier Elam, but uh, he has had a good joint practice against the Lions. Um, yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, what, what are we, what are we, we do this again. I'm going to bring it up. Listen, man, it's, it's raining camp. Ali, he's had a really good camp. He's had a great camp. Everybody has a great camp. All they do is play seven on seven. Well, and then they go in and have joint practices where they don't do anything. I went to the Falcons practice. Those dudes didn't do nothing. <laughs> I could barely get my camera up and it was over. Like, <laughs> just, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm just, it, 
two for 27, I'm sorry, is not a very impressive first preseason debut for a guy that's just cooking all a can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. five or seven snaps All right. so let's fall. go let's go into our odds here we talked jonathan taylor we talked matty ice let's talk colts prop bets over 10 and a half wins is plus 125 over 25 and a half matt ryan passing touchdowns is plus 100 and i gave you guys a twofer at the end here jonathan taylor leading the nfl in most rushing yards or most rushing touchdowns uh, is both at plus 450. Which one of these bets do you gentlemen want to lock and load going into the season, Aaron? Uh, for me, it's easy. It's 10 and a half wins. I'll take the over. Um, Matt Ryan, again, without having a huge amount of weapons on the outside, might get close to that number. He could go over, but it's going to be close. And then Jonathan Taylor, I don't buy um, guys repeating as rushing champs. The NFL injuries. Guys step up. Um, he'll he'll score a lot of touchdowns. I do think he'll score a lot of touchdowns. You still got to deal with guys like Derrick Henry, Neckler, some other some other guys that are going to be touchdown machines. So I will take Colts because I think they're a good football team. I think they can win enough games. AJ, sorry, no changes. I, I'm on the same boat. Uh, that's that's the easy money in my opinion. Um, also, and you'll be happy to hear this. They don't play Jacksonville the last couple of weeks of the season, so they don't have to worry about the letdown. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I thought it was interesting. I was wondering if one of you guys would go down the route of the Matt Ryan over 25 and a half touchdowns uh, because last season, Matt Ryan only had 20 passing touchdowns, but 26, 26, 35, the years prior, the few years prior. I'm just interested to see like where, like why you guys think that, like, do you guys think that he could go? Well, he's older. Okay. Almost 39 years old, almost 40 years old. Like, you got to – your play declines. Like, Matt Ryan is not Matt Ryan from MVP Matt Ryan. Like, we, yeah. we all have to admit that. And there are things he is – he has limitations now in an NFL that's changed. So, yeah, it, it's hard to be Tom Brady. Tom Brady can do it. It's true. Matt Ryan uh, is not Tom Brady. I'll give you this. Uh, if it was to happen, I think a lot of it would come from – uh, excess work from Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines on the screen passes and the dump offs because Matt Ryan ain't scared to check down and those guys can do some phenomenal things with the ball in their hand. So if he if he gets those opportunities, he's checking out at the right places, you know, like inside the 30 and you can watch these guys break free, which is very capable, that could, you know, boost those touchdown numbers in his favor. You mean he's not going to be throwing touchdown passes to Alec Pierce? Or Alec Ogletree. Or Alec Ogletree. I'll own it. I'll own it. I, I was up. so confused, and I was like, what is going on right now? Why does Jelani Woods have anything to do with an outside linebacker? Let's go into the schedule for the Indianapolis Colts. You both took the over on the win totals. Let's take a look. AJ, what will be the defining part of the Colts' schedule this season? So to me, I think about starting at uh, week seven when they head to Tennessee. Uh, I feel like they really need to start picking up there so we can kind of see who this team is. Uh, there, there are some pretty decent and solid teams in there. We, we don't know exactly what Tennessee is going to be, but last year we thought they weren't going to be great, and they found a way to be the number one seed in that division. Uh, then they have Las Vegas, Philadelphia. I believe Pittsburgh is going to be a little better than some people believe. Not that they're going to be gangbusters, but that might be a tougher game than people are expecting. And if you can have knocked off a pretty solid win streak by the time you're, you're headed into your bye, I believe they're winning at least three of those last four games, and down the stretch is so important. So if you're safe enough by that point in time, the uh, the back end of the the last four games is going to be like money time, basically. So from that second time you play Tennessee Titans to about your bye, I think that's a very important part of their schedule. Lots of good teams towards the end of there. And I, I agree with mm -hmm. you. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be tough to either way, whether they have a star quarterback or not. They're going to be they're always tough to play against. Record predictions, Aaron. Hold on. Oh, boy. <laughs> What's, what is he Where doing? are you at, Indy? What is, what is he doing? Bringing out the stone, Damn. the stone and the chisel. Bringing out the, you, his you stone would think, and the chisel. How in the hell did I fit thirty-two teams on this piece of paper? But and not uh, use the whole damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's game by game. I have three pieces of paper over here. Anyway, uh, Indianapolis Colts. I have them going eleven and six, and I'll tell you why. Because down the stretch, they get hot. They do unlike they did last year. They don't choke. Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan's been there. They win six of their last seven games. 
They go 11 and 6. Okay. AJ? I had them at 12 and 5. I am not going to waver from that. I think that is a very capable uh, number for this team. And I do like what Gus Bradley is going to bring on the defensive side, of, even if they didn't need extra help. I mean, adding a Matt Ryan and then adding a different type of defense and a focused type of defense, I think they're, I think 12 and 5 is a solid. Solid record, and actually, I think they're gonna win the AFC South this year. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you give that's... spoilers already, man. <laughs> that's cool. When you give him one, and they're like, "Wow, now, that's now, great." Now I'm gonna hear what he says about all the other. Yeah, ones. Calling you out if you change between now and then. Reference Colts West, twelve and five is where I have is where I have them. Aaron, where where do we have and where do you have? It's because it's what you had. Where do we have the Indianapolis Colts on our power rankings? Number 10, Colts come in at number 10. I, again, I think this is a really good football team that people are kind of sleeping on. Um, you know, all the talk's been about the, those AFC West teams, and I have the Colts ahead of all of them. And I think it's just a matter of the way they play football. They are an opportunistic defense, a very, very good offense, a good, good offensive line. They run the football. That is success, or that is a recipe for success in the NFL when it really comes down to it. Indianapolis Colts, number 10 on our preseason power This season preview is brought to you by Manscaped's brand new ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. This luxurious lather cleanses and nourishes in just one step. Using coconut water, green tea, and aloe, this non-greasy daily formula is naturally hydrating and rich in antioxidants to revitalize the look and feel of your hair. So head on over to manscaped.com and use the promo code SACCITY for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. The new ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner from Manscaped. Take care of hair everywhere. Next team that we're getting into is the Houston Texans, the third place team last season in the AFC South, uh, looking to continue their progression and moving forward. And on offense, they are led by Davis Mills, Brandon Cooks, and possibly Damian Pierce. We all like Damian Pierce this year. Um, But Aaron, when we look at this Texans offense, and the progression, what's something that you like to you would like to see from the Texans to say to give the, those fans that hope say, okay, we're moving in the right direction on the offensive side of the ball. What do you want to see? You have to see progression from Davis Mills, a guy that maybe you didn't think originally was gonna be the guy. But when you drafted him, there were people talking about him that he could be the guy. You take him in the third round, similar to an uh, a Malik Willis or something like that. And then he starts to play and he does okay. And you're like, maybe we do have a guy that could be our long-term answer and we don't need to spend our assets on, on a future one. I think you have to see that progression from Davis Mills continue this season. He wasn't overly we, – we talked a lot about him last year because he, he kept him in game. But he wasn't doing anything really special. And I think that's what we're always looking for in a franchise quarterback. And if he can't be special, then you can't waste three or four years on him. And I'll just say it. Teams do not want guys that are just going to be mediocre. At the, at the starting quarterback position. So the minute you get the, the mindset of, oh, this guy can't be special, you have to move on. Otherwise, you're just setting your franchise back, just wasting years away. And, and then you get players leaving in free agency. You have to start rebuilding again. And it's, it's a whole nother mess you have to deal with. So I think you're looking for Davis Mills to take that next step. I think it starts with being able to read defenses better and be more productive throwing the football. Wasn't highly productive. He only threw 16 touchdowns last year to 10 picks. Um, not very efficient. I think he just has to show that he's going to get better uh, this year significantly, not just like, oh, he looked a little bit better. Now it's 19 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. It's, it's got to be, oh, this guy could be a star where we're looking at him. And he's seeing things differently on the field, and he's actually starting to be the reason they win games and not the reason they're not losing. That, that that's it you know that's that's the part that that's the biggest thing with it is you want to see davis mills win them football game like be the difference maker at the end of the day I mean, not not every game has to be a davis mills takeover game but you do want to be able to see that that those moments from him where it's okay we're putting it all on davis mills go out there and see what you can do and i, I when we get into the schedule we'll talk with them i'm going to revisit this conversation um but on the defensive side of the well, ball aj I was going to say something about the – yeah, I forgot. Oh, I lost it. I had it. Oh, no. I lost it. No, I lost it. it. <laughs> you have to too fast. 
speed. I knew you were going to move into the defense one, and I was like, I had one more point, and it was so good. Was it about Brandon Cooks? Was it about Damian Pierce? Was it about no, Davis it was, Mills? It was, still about, it was still about Davis Mills, and I lost it. It like slipped out. Mm. Like, just move on. Sorry, Houston Texans fans. I did have a really good point about Davis Mills, and for whatever reason, just I will find it. I'll get back to you later. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, now that that's over, on the defensive side of the ball, AJ, what player or maybe players are you most excited to see on this defense? You know, the good part about this is a lot of people will warn you from doing what I'm about to do, but this is a team that is in dire need of a new culture and they are in the midst of a rebuild. And so their rookie pieces are very important. And I look directly at a guy like Jalen Petrie and a guy like Derek Stingley Jr. Uh, These are two guys that are not just uber talented. They also have that winning mentality. They also have those intangibles uh, that brings a different change of the culture into a locker room. And that's the first thing, if you ask me, that uh, the Houston Texans need is a change in mentality, a change in culture. But when you talk about on the field type of things, Jalen Petrie was a guy at Baylor who they loved there, uh, played the star position is what they called it, uh, being versatile and quick and being able to wear different, a bunch of different hats. This was a guy who was a thumper. I love the way he hits. I love the way he wraps up. This is a guy who gets in the backfield over and over again and 18.5 tackles for loss in his last season uh, at, at Baylor. And then you think about Derek Stingley, and yeah, you don't have a lot of tape on him, and he still went third, though, so think of that. You know, they, they've seen enough in this guy to know that he's a rare talent, possibly generational, at the cornerback position and can be the type of guy that comes in and they set that secondary and start from the back end, and now next season when they're back at it, they're looking at linebackers, they're looking at front uh, front-end guys to get after the quarterback. Yeah, I, I like all of the potential that these young guys are coming in with. Derek Singley being the guy. I, I told you guys in our draft process where it was everyone was really high and rightfully so on Sauce Gardner. And I mean, I think it's I think Derek Stingley was the best cornerback in this draft class. And I think he's going to end up being the best cornerback in this draft class and being one of the cornerstones of this Houston Texans team. <laughs> we'll save that. We'll save that debate for now. I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I told you I like it. Fair enough. Fair enough. He's not the best, uh, but I don't hate it. No, 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 no. Well, let's get back into that schedule talk. I told you, I told you I wanted to kind of revisit where you had uh, with the, with the Houston Texans, Aaron and Davis Mills. You look at their schedule. What parts of the schedule might we see some surprise wins from the Houston Texans? Maybe it's those games that Davis Mills steps up in and says, I'm that dude. I'm QB one. This is my team. Yeah, I actually have them beating three really good football teams. They don't have a lot of wins for me, and we'll get into my record prediction a little bit later. But they do beat real, three really good football teams. They beat the Colts week one. They beat the Raiders, and they beat Philly. Um, I think they Ooh. beat all three of those teams. Um, so yes, I think. I, but I don't know that's because of Davis, and I think that's what my reluctance comes in with Houston. Is I'm not sure if he is going to be the their actual winning game, or is it going to be? You know, Brandon Cooks goes off one game. Their defense plays really well, and Damian Pierce has 150 yards in possession. So, because um, I don't think he's the type of quarterback that is going to cost them. It's not like he's going to go throw four or five picks in a game. Um, I don't think they will use him that way. I don't think that's the type of quarterback he is. But again, it has to be. He has to be the reason they're actually going out and winning these close uh, close games. Especially, um, they actually had a number of close games last year to start that they kind of gave up. Um, or I mean, they did pull a few off, which we. Surprise. You talked about culture change earlier, um, AJ, with the defense. And I think the culture started changing last year, and not just from a defensive perspective, but just throughout that organization. When when even though it was a one and done for for you know a previous head coach, and then you bring in a Levy Smith, I think that culture had already started to be changed. We saw them get wins they weren't supposed to get. They saw them playing in tight games against good football teams. We saw a different mindset. Sean Watson, the DeAndre Hopkins stuff was all gone. The front office wasn't being talked about as being whatever. And I think that's what we take another step further this year. We get to see a team that's continuing to grow. And Texans fans, despite what you say on YouTube, yes, when you say you're going to shock some teams, that doesn't equate to wins. What it does equate to is you are starting to build something where we look at your team now and we say, that's a team in two years that can compete either in the AFC South or just overall in the NFL and get and get a few more wins than they have in the past. So um, they're still a quarterback away. That might be Davis Mills. That might not. 
Um, but until they find that guy, and I'll say this about every football team in the NFL, until you find your franchise quarterback, I, I don't really want to hear it. You might get lucky. Their teams get lucky. Jimmy G took the Niners to the Super Bowl. Might get lucky. But until you find your franchise quarterback, you will not have sustained success in the NFL. It's 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 just not happening. Rams went to Subo with Jared Goff. Guess what they did? Said, you know what? That's not our franchise quarterback. I'm gonna go get Matt Stafford. And the team turned around like that. Like right away. In an instant, they're Super Bowl champions because of the talent of Matthew Stafford. So you have to find that franchise guy. Houston should be dedicating every resource to finding that franchise guy. If that's Davis Mills, great. If it's not, go get the next one. Yep. Yeah, and you're not saying Davis Mills can't be, but you no, have to have it for you. Yes, you show have it. to have yes. it. You have to have it. Uh, AJ, what are you watching for most of the season with the Texans? You know, this is kind of difficult, but what I'm watching for is what position group surprises us over the season. This The best thing that could happen for this Houston Texans rebuild is there are some guys that maybe they're young, maybe they're just – close enough to be able to re to resign and bring back that just overperform and you feel comfortable that they can do it again next season. Because then when you get into the draft, when you get into the free agency, that's one less asset that you have to allocate to, to getting that, that in your locker room. Uh, so I'm looking to see if it's uh, some of this linebacker depth that they have. I'm looking to see if there's a receiver in a Nico Collins or, uh, you know, Chris Conley, who's old as shit, but <laughs> if Amigo <laughs> Collins basically can step up and be next to Brandon Cooks and actually be a solid go-to target for uh, Davis Mills. Can Brevin Jordan be the quarter, uh, the tight end that we were excited about when he got his chance coming into Houston? So uh, things like that, having these type of players that you're not expecting to see much from, but then actually have a solid year that can set them up next season that they don't really have to worry about that. Uh, that's that's the only almost the only other thing I'm interested in besides the defensive players I told you about earlier. AJ, do you have a problem? Do you have a problem with me? You need to get off your chest because if you Why? keep disrespecting these players that either went to the UGA, I'm I'm oh. now a Georgian man. I thought I thought you was an Atlanta boy. I thought you was a Hawk and a Falcon, and 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 now you're just throwing Chris Conley under the bus like he's old and ancient. He's 29. Matter of fact, he's the same age damn near as rookie Velas Jones Jr. from the Bears, and you calling him old. And, like, yeah. stop you call Velas Jones old, so what does that make Chris Conley? <laughs> disrespecting my Georgian folk. UGA Chris Conley yeah. stand up. He will stand up. It may take him a little bit with them knees, but he will stand up. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This is unbelievable. Uh, You made me do it. (laughs) All right. Georgia hate, man. I represent Georgia. There's no Georgia hate. Ain't no Georgia hate. UGA, when I'm in that press box week one, baby. UGA, Bulldog. Gross. Wait. (laughs) Wait, wait a second. second. Chris Conley was born in Turkey. You guys know that? <laughs> yes. I did not know that. But Why? I didn't I know, know that. that. I didn't know that. Turkey went to UGA. Yeah. He went to North Paulding High School in Georgia, in uh, somewhere in Georgia, wherever that may be. Yeah. There you go. The more you know, know about Georgia Conley. Hey, hey, I've been here two months and I know about my peoples. I got to represent for them. All right. Where, where's North Paulding High School? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not sure actually where the high school is at. Fun fact, it's in, fun fact it's in Dallas, Georgia. Hmm. Okay, well, Dallas, Georgia is not in Southwest Georgia. I can tell you that. Probably I can tell the, you where Dallas, Georgia probably, is. So probably that, on the northern side of of Georgia. That doesn't north of Atlanta. That does it for our Georgia history and our Georgia geography <laughs> class here. Let's get to our prop bets for the Houston Texans. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're all over the place. You went to the schedule. Now you're going back to the prop bets before we give our records. Yeah, because the the prop bets talk about the records, and then we get into the records. This is why we don't do it this way. You're messing up my my clipping. Because I clip. Because I clip when we start the schedule talk. You clip the whole damn show. No, you don't understand. Got, man, record predictions for the Houston Texans here. AJ, what do you (laughs) have the Texans? (laughs) What do you have the Texans going this season? Uh, I have them at what four and thirteen. Yes, or is that where you got them, fool? That's what I had way back when, and I feel pretty solid about it. <laughs> Houston I, Texans. I have, we'll go five and. You need analysis. I told you they'd be no. I thought AJ Raiders was gonna. Oh. 
I mean, four and thirteen, I'm, Houston Texans. Aaron, am I allowed to go to the prop bets now? Yeah, man, you just got to get this order thing right, bro. You can't bring up the schedule because that's exactly where I clipped to put the promotion for Manscaped. Um, and by the way, if you go get your Manscaped, type in that promo code Sac City, get twenty percent off and free worldwide shipping. Go ahead. Prop bets for the Houston Texans over four and a half wins is about plus one hundred. And Aaron, you that's your locked in bet because we already heard you have at five wins. So there you go. Just because I have him at five wins, don't mean that's my lock. I didn't well, say it's a lock for five. I have him at five. It's Damn. your lock now. It's your lock now. You are no longer in this segment, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, over over four anyway. and a half wins is at plus one hundred. Over thirty six hundred and a half. Davis Mills passing yards at plus 100 and over 82 and a half Brandon Cook's receptions are at minus 115. AJ, what's your locked and loaded bet here for the Texans? I will take the Brandon Cooks uh, over uh, 82 and a half receptions. Um, I know I spoke about wanting to see if somebody steps up. Uh, even if they do, I don't think it's to the point where they'll take that away from Brandon Cooks. He had 90 receptions last season, 81 receptions the season before. Uh, he's a go-to guy, and he's consistent, and that's why we love Brandon Cooks. So I will. I have no problem betting on him. Even if he lets me down, I feel safe about it because he's shown it for me before. Mr. Safety, Brandon Cooks. Aaron, what's your locked and loaded bet? Oh, I'm invited back now? We're invited back because you cried. I mean, I'm going to take a nap, bro. You know I'm tired. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna. It, I, what, can you put the Davis Mills number back up there? Yeah, to me, it's always plus money if you can get a good bet. I'm taking the over on 36 passing yards. Um, I think Davis Mills can get there. I really do. I think they're behind a lot, right? They're not going to win a lot. They're going to be behind. I think that'll bode well for him in his yardage. Last year, he threw for, I believe, like 26, 27, 28, somewhere around there. 26, he, he, he only started 11 games. So uh, I'll take I'll take six more games of 200 yard passing that's 1200 more yards route 3800 um that's on the low end so give me give me davis mills deal there's a lot of math there there's a yeah. lot of math going on i'm in a math, mathematician with the F. A ma- he's a mathlete i'm a you he's are, a mathlete you're a mathlete <laughs> all right mathlete tell us where we have the houston texans in our preseason power rankings yeah, that's when uh, it's not very hard. You obviously know they're at the bottom. They're in a rebuilding process. The Houston Texans coming at number 29. Uh, we talked about the growth that we want to see from Davis Mills. Uh, the defense has a lot of young pieces that could get better that we expect to start producing, but I don't know that that takes place this year. They're playing in the AFC. They got some tough games. Um, it's going to be a struggle as far as wins, but we are encouraged for what the have. We have the Houston Texans at number 29 on our preseason power. The uh, the power rankings are really starting to uh, shape up here, gentlemen. It's really starting to come together. We're our top ten. Our top ten is now. We've got another team in our top ten with the Colts, and now we're getting the back half of our stuff taken together with the Houston Texans at twenty nine. It's all coming together. You're not going to want to miss a single second of any other team we're previewing. Aaron, Monday is just around the corner. It'll be here before you know it. What team are we covering? What teams are we covering? On Monday. Yeah, Monday, uh, it's going to be fun because we get to do a little – we talked about Deshaun Watson and going back to, to face Houston. Well, we get to talk Browns and Panthers. Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. you know, now with Carolina. So mm-hmm. Browns and Panthers on Monday from week one. That is our next game. That Those will be our two season previews. I was just wondering, so how, how are we choosing which teams that we decide to talk about on these wonderful shows? I just said it. And um, no, we are choosing them based on the week one matchups. We will be going in reverse order, in reverse order from the Monday night football game. So we started with the Broncos talk. We have worked our way back from Sunday night games, the afternoon games. And now Monday, we are all the way at that one of the 10 o'clock or one o'clock games. I'm now on the East Coast, guys. So got to say one o'clock game. Uh, One o'clock game, Panthers and Browns. The rest of them will be the one o'clock games. Um, Vinny will be excited that early next week we get to talk about his Jags. Got some good good teams coming up, but Monday Monday morning we'll be here. Good morning, Sac City Browns. Live at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here 
on YouTube. That does it for another episode of the Sac City Podcast. We will be dropping game previews all weekend long for the preseason matchups. We've got three matchups on Friday or today that you should be able to see on YouTube uh, today. Check them out. Let us know what you guys think. Drop your uh, comments, your thoughts, everything. Write your reviews. Let us know what you think of the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of the Sac City Podcast. For my best friend Aaron Mukes and for your boy AJ Johnson, I am me. We will see you Monday. Holla. How was that for some top-tier NFL content? If you enjoyed that episode, go ahead and hit that follow button before you go. And don't forget to check us out on your favorite social media platform at Sac City Pod. Welcome to the city.